0: The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to IN's NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. One way of looking at the near-death experience is analogous to resurrection, which Christians celebrate as a blessing from God in the form of Jesus on Easter week our own NDE's are not the same of course since we return to our flawed and failing bodies which die again but often the NDE experience triggers a spiritual rebirth for us as we reevaluate what's really important in the lives we live and the light-centered growth we yearn to earn before the transition we ultimately must face I introduced last week's show with a mention of Beneath the Phoenix Door, my NDE-based novel about the impending death of nature, COVID-19 as the first horseman, and a search for the Garden of Eden. Much of that book got worked on at Orphic House, a straw bale house in Rimrock, Arizona, not far from what's now called Montezuma's Well. The Yavapai people consider the well a deeply sacred site, as they believe it's the birth canal through which they emerged into the world. Beneath the Phoenix Door takes its protagonists all over the world, but that space is also contained in the Orphic House vortex itself, where real magic seems to happen on a regular basis. This show is being recorded on the Monday following Orthodox Easter, and this remarkable story seems connected with the powerful time of Holy Week in that powerful place called Orphic House. Janice Goff, who has been on this show many times before, is here to tell you what happened. When I got the call this uh, past weekend from Janice, it was Holy Saturday, a, a day traditionally spent waiting until evening when the Easter Vigil is celebrated. It's called the Saturday of Light among Coptic Christians. Holy Saturday is the anticipatory day of Holy Week that commemorates the harrowing of hell the time of the descent of Christ into the underworld when Christ triumphantly granted salvation to the righteous people who had previously died. It's also the time when many believe the cosmic energy of his resurrection burned Jesus' image onto his burial cloth, now known as the Shroud of Turin. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, Jewish Christians are admonished to make every effort to enter their Saturday Sabbath in repentance And Psalm 95 is excerpted by the author of Hebrews. It reads, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. In brief, a miniature recreation of Holy Week occurred over the desk at Orphic House in the form of a tiny bird. It was at that desk I did some final work on my book in which the scapegoat of israel gets uh, rescued by god's grace from the jaws of hell all this must seem profoundly confusing but stay with us as janice tells the story of the resurrection of a bird at orphic house janice i just want to mention this one line from my book you're not alone she heard a little voice say maggie looked up Not a foot above her head, on a narrow limb, sat a small yellow bird. You can talk, Maggie said, with surprise and delight. Can't everything? asked the bird. Janice, welcome back to NDE Radio.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Lee. I am so appreciative that um, I did call you and that you helped me make sense out of such a strange little occurrence. And I didn't remember that part in your book about the yellow bird, because before all this happened, I was painting another image while it happened. But before it happened, I had just finished painting a yellow bird right wow. in the middle of the, of the rug. I'm calling it a rug. Um, <laughs> that i might, it'll never be a rug, but.
0: <laughs> well, let me set the scene as, as you recounted it to <laughs> Go me. Ahead. Now I was out there, uh, but you got back to orphic house on uh, on your side with kenny around 2 a.m. on holy monday in fact i should actually say that on uh, the orthodox palm sunday i got an amazing tarot reading from a man i'll call st francis because he, i think he deserves the title and and it was very it was a profoundly balancing spiritual reading so i was of a mind to, to look at this anyway but you got back to Orphic House around 2 a.m. on Holy Monday. You'd been at the Indian Casino, <laughs> and uh, Holy Monday is uh, thought of as a special day because Jesus drove the uh, money changers from the temple on Holy Monday, and if there ever <laughs> yeah. was a den of thieves, it's the uh, <laughs> Indian Casino. <laughs> anyway, not to put them down. Um, the, there's also an Orthodox hymn um, that um, uh, 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 on that day it's it's sung it's sung in the churches. It recalls Joseph, the son of Jacob, Jacob being the hero of, of my book as well, and his innocent suffering at the hands of his brothers. And now this is what uh, they did to. Uh, Joseph to punish him, they threw him into an empty cistern. Cistern, like for instance, bathtub, only deeper. So tell us, tell us what when you got out of your car at two a.m. that that holy Monday, what did what happened?
1: Well, immediately when I got out of the car, I felt emergency. It, it's it's an An interesting feeling. I'm not sure how I I translated it like that, but I ran into the house, grabbed my flashlight, and went straight downstairs to the basement to what used to be my chicken house. And against the wall inside this dark basement, I have a bathtub. And it's full of chicken litter and things that I use in the garden. I pulled the bathtub away from the wall and there behind the bathtub at the floor level was a sticky pa- a large sticky pad that you use for pack rats. And glued to the sticky pad was the little tiny bird. Wings spread out, face glued to the board, but his heart was still beating. <laughs> so I grabbed that sticky pad up, ran upstairs, got Kenny up, and said, you know, I'm going to be up for a while. So it took me two and a half hours to completely get that little baby feather by feather off that sticky pad. And he, um, he did live. Um, he sang for us every day. And sa- Saturday, he told me that he was ready to go. His feathers were all clean from the glue and, uh, his little tail was still a little crooked, but I thought, well, if you think you can do it, you're going to wait one more day, which was early Sunday morning. So, we went out and opened the the cage, and he flew and flew to the ground first and I thought, "Oh no, I've made a big mistake and But then he ran a little bit and then he flew into one of our juniper trees, so that was a real blessing to have him with us, you know for right. Those days, because he sang to us every day, so <laughs> I, I so felt it, he was grateful. But I felt well, so guilty. I will never use them ever, ever, ever again.
0: Oh, they're they work, but they're horrible. It's a horrible way for yes. anything to, to have to die. I yes, had this image I didn't when even I
1: remember it was there. Go ahead.
0: When when you're when you describe the bird, I didn't see the bird stuck to the pad, but it sounded you know with it if the wings were spread at all, it would, it really would look like a crucifixion and being <laughs> yeah. that it's Holy week, I'm going to take you back to, um, let's see, uh, Maundy Thursday. Now Monday Thursday is named, uh, for a Latin phrase. Uh, and it's thought to be, it, it's a distorted, distorted, uh, Latin phrase, uh, from Mandatum Novum du Vobis, which is a new commandment I give you. Uh, it was changed and it got, went through a course of Middle English to come up with Monday out of that. But in any event, this is when Jesus at the Last Supper is saying a new commandment I give to you. Love one another. And Monday Thursday was the day that you were sitting at the desk when a very strange thing happened. And uh, and I believe you were working on a, on a butterfly kachina at the time. So tell us about yes, that. Yes,
1: that, that was very strange, even in my list of things. Um, so I'm painting the wings on the butterfly. Kenny's sitting on the couch we're watching a movie. And all of a sudden, the whole pad, which is like three feet long and maybe two and a half feet wide, lifted up off the desk. And I went to grab, I've got paint bottles and water containers and everything sitting on this pad. I went to grab all the water and and hollered for Kenny at the same time. He jumped up off the couch and he's right here at the desk when the pad shook and went back down and he... As he's standing here, we're, our mouth, we're looking at each other with our mouths open, and this air above the pad swirled and went And I saw a flicker of something, and we're just standing here watching this. What, what's, what's happened? I began to feel crumbles on my head, the straw bill house. Um, is cement walls, and up at the very top, there's loose crumbles, in the, and the ceilings are about 12 foot tall. I looked up, and oh my gosh, that little spark of flicker that I had seen was a baby hummingbird, and it's now hanging on the side of the wall. And Kenny got up on the desk and rescued it, brought it down, and gave it to me, and I cleaned the spider webs off and made sure he was all okay. But it's if you've ever seen a baby hummingbird, they're about half as long as my little finger when they come out of the egg, and that's how big this baby was. So tiny that it had to have been just born. And I cleaned it off, We opened the back door, and it left. And Kenny and I are just standing there. (laughs) Kenny says, well, that was different. (laughs) (laughs) What could we say? (laughs) (laughs) He went back to his movie. I sat back down and um, was looking at the kachina and the butterfly wings that I was painting, and I'm like, Wow, okay. And he said, well, I guess you've got a hummingbird to paint on that rug.
0: Mm. Well, so, tell, uh, tell the audience what just, a butterfly Kachina uh, re- represents.
1: Well, in the story, um, <laughs> which is probably a whole nother show, huh? In the story of Turtle Island, Turtle Island came about after the great cosmic event we call the Flood, and every religion on Earth has one of those stories. Um, Since we're in the Southwest, the images that I'm working with come from Native American uh, influence. So when the people... The waters began to recede, and the people ditched their boat and began to build houses on top of the mountains... Because that's where they could see and find places and caverns to build in on the side of these mountains, they began having their ceremonies again. And the first kachina that came to them was the butterfly kachina, and she brought the she brought uh, bags of seeds. She brought um, the hope of new life and. In the message she brought in that ceremony, she told them that the bags of seeds were not only for their sustenance, but to spread for for the others, to spread for the others. And that was the first inclination that these people that got off the boat had, that there were others. So they began a journey. And... Really, this story rug is about them leaving their home and making this journey. Um, the hummingbird, the butterfly, is also, you know, traditionally what we know of is transformation. We go from the caterpillar to the butterfly, and the the interesting thing is the caterpillar had no idea it was going to be this magnificent, beautiful. Pollinating insect that our world depends on. So after the flood is the story of resurrection in the new world. I can't think of anything else on that, but that's,
0: that's well. That's, that's what that, I mean. That was to me exactly what I was ho- hope you were driving toward because this story of Easter, the story of resurrection, the story of this uh, bird that you were able to save and and uh, let loose. To fly again on easter sunday i mean not only is that analogous to to uh jesus resurrection but this part of the story i think is analogous to a resurrection for the world uh this is the story of the world after the flood um you know i think we have time for you to talk about what you're doing uh in the shower there <laughs>
1: Well, I get this message one day for a fish pond, and I decided after several days that, no, I don't want a fish pond outside that's too much maintenance, water's an issue here, evaporation, animals, on and on. So I said no, and I let it go. Well, maybe the next week I get another message, a fish pond, and I said, I already said no. (laughs) So... Then I'm in the kitchen cleaning and getting ready to cook some things, and the image came to me of, your, of the shower. And I said, the shower, a fish pond in the shower, wow. Okay, so I went in and looked at the shower, and I thought, I, can, I think I can, I can work with this. So I began putting together, using my recipe, putting together all the images that surround a fish pond. And that's plants and butterflies and bees and cattails and flowers, things like that. Well, the images kept coming. I kept making them. And then I'm placing them. And I'm like, wow, this is way colorful. It's like a kid's coloring book. I don't like it. And I know when I get to the point that I don't like it, that there'll be a little breakthrough and something else will show up. Well... One day, I went in there and saw a turtle on the shower pan floor, and I thought, turtle? Wow. I hadn't even thought of a turtle, but this was a big turtle. It wasn't a little turtle. And after that, then the story began to come in about Turtle Island. Well, I'm kind of familiar with the concept, and I even put a turtle on the outside of the laundry room and called it representation for Turtle Island, but I didn't connect those two things together, and I certainly did not know the Native American story about Turtle Island. I don't uh, generally do research. I prefer for the information to come to me in my own language, so I made a turtle, and Liked it. (laughs) Well, then the rest of the pieces over time came, started coming. I started making piles of notes, and it actually was about the flood, the great cosmic flood. And I thought, well, gosh, how perfect this is in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's a water based area, you know. (laughs) We we should perhaps tell
0: tell the folks that the shower. Is not an ordinary shower it's almost like stepping into a cave it's uh, yes
1: it is <laughs> rough, rough uh,
0: uh cement walls uh that have a lot of uh texture to them it's quite quite large for a shower and uh and you're not just painting on this but you're actually uh, creating i think they call it body creating leaf. the
1: images yeah
0: yes and then applying uh, a- them
1: to the wall yes. So then the story begins to really unfold, and I began to hear about the people that left the boat. And I thought, oh, well, that's different. I've never thought of that, what what the people did. Well, the information began to show me that all around the world, the reason we have these cosmic flood stories is because there were lots of people around the world told to build a boat. Mm. And some did and some did not. And those that did did not, it was because they were ridiculed by their community and their families, you know, about how crazy they were building this monstrous ship and, you know, kind of thing. So, but there were other peoples when the waters receded, and that was where this message was so important, because during the flood, there were no new babies born. The women were not pregnant. Um, they had lost a lot of their people that came with them. The animals had lost hope during the flood. They Their species began to die. They saw their, their family members die off due to the lack of food and, you know, being torn around with the floodwaters and that sort of thing. So the um beginning of the story after the turtle showed up began to show me that the animals were actually the ones that brought our new world and this could be just part of a a story you know that's been handed down i'm not sure but it showed me how the animals participated in creating our new world. And that was real important to me at that time because I had been thinking a lot about if people would listen to the animals, we, we could save our world. The animals would not only tell us, but they would show us how to save our world. Our world does not have to um, suffer impending doom. And so that was real important to me to find out that the animals participated in creating our new world after this great cosmic event that that our world experienced. Mm. So then the people leave, and uh, they prepared quite a bit before they left to go find the others. And that was such a big deal. they were so full of hope they had no idea there were any any other people but their self left on this earth. So they made this huge journey, and I've got a timeline all laid out here, but I'm not quite sure exactly what the timeline means. It hasn't showed itself to me anyway they they traveled, they lost more of their people on the journey. Um, I did learn during that time that the petroglyphs that we see on our rock walls of feet and hands that are missing toes and fingers, and anyone that studies rock art or, you know, hunts them has seen this. They've seen feet with only four toes. They've seen hands with sometimes six fingers or sometimes only three fingers or half a thumb. And those are documented on the rock walls, the messages they left. And those, it was showed to me that those were memorial markers. The feet, missing toes, meant that I lost someone that I've journeyed with that was important to me. The, the women back then, I suppose I've heard, they used to cut their hair and, you know, even cut their fingers off when their husband died or whatever. But that's a memorial marker for the people that they loved. So by the time they get to the retreat area, they're really in bad shape. Um, it took them a long time to recuperate, but all along the way, they were... Uh, faithful to the message that the butterfly kachina brought them they left marks on the rock walls for anyone else that might happen to come and know that there were others still alive they left petroglyphs and pet and pictographs on the walls Mm -hmm. and the pictographs are made um, out of paint they make paint with urine blood uh, saps, different things like that. So, you've, re- the time you've get...
0: recreated some of those uh, petroglyphs on, yes. on the uh, on the walls yes. of uh, of the on house the, in the
1: house. Yes, now. and I actually have a petroglyph wall outside that I put together that um, represents many clans, many messages, many um, many journeys on the outside of the wall. So, anyway, by the time they got to the retreat area where they stayed for a while, they had planted corn and gourds and different wheat, lots of things along the way from seeds that they had brought with them that survived and seeds that the butterfly kachina had given them. And the really big thing was they began to have their ceremony again. They were in such bad shape when they got there that they knew that they needed the energy that their ceremonies brought to them. So through through their ceremonies and the in the gifts of fire and smoke and their prayers, the most awesome thing happened. The Cocopeles came, and that was such a big deal because by the time they were ready to leave this area of retreat and continue on their journey, The women were pregnant, and there were more children born. So their numbers increased, and their happiness and their hope began to survive again. And that was one of the things that kept coming through was about the hope in our world, how people have lost hope. So you become starved, spiritually starved, which leads to apathy, which leads to depressions. And when we get to be those sort of people, um, clearly we're dying. Well, our Earth is going to die as well because we're not listening, we're not taking care, we're not the stewardship of everything around us anymore. When we get to that point, hmm. so this is um, this story rug is is pretty deep for me there's so many other things involved but it's all about transformation and resurrection new life new beginnings and that we still have that chance that we're not we don't have to create an impending doom
0: and it had energy enough to lift itself what did you say about 4 inches off the de- top was. of the desk yep <laughs> <laughs> and <Yep. laughs> create, was was it a was it a uh, a smoky swirl of air? Was it yeah, a misty smoke? I could smoke? see
1: it. I could and see then, it.
0: And then the little bird, the the sign of and a spiritual resurrection. And the little bird flitted
1: out of that smoke, and I saw the green flash, but didn't know it was the emerald green hummingbird until I looked up and saw the little bird on the wall. Or maybe Kenny saw the bird. I don't know. Anyway, when we saw the little hum, emerald green hummingbird, which is kind of interesting, we don't have too many emeralds here. Um, we've got more of the the browns and uh, some of the throated ones, but the solid green emerald one, I haven't seen here at all, actually. Huh. So it was kind of a new beginning, new beginning for me, and with that.
0: Well green is the color of of growth and healthiness and nature and oh, yeah. uh, especially especially in the desert where you're located this has been yeah. i I love this story because even though it's uh, uh, you know a serious Christian might think I'm belittling resurrection but this is a a resurrection of nature that parallels the uh orthodox Easter week and I was so touched by it when you told me that it just struck me that this is an important story and it had to be told there's not a near death experience in it but i suppose the little bird that you saved uh, was close to death
1: that was close and, <laughs> <laughs> that was as near death probably as you could get
0: <laughs> and perhaps perhaps the the vision that you had with the with the rising of the rug the the butterfly kachina the smoke and the and the little uh the tiny little emerald green bird was a spiritual gift from that thankful bird that was sitting in the cage that you had saved i don't know i i don't know but it's it just fascinates <laughs> we me know. and i'm so glad you came w- were able to come on the show and and tell us uh all about it
1: well thank you for putting some uh sanity to to this one <laughs> i i'm very grateful lee <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know that sanity is, is part of the deal, but it's, it's, it's certainly, uh, if, if you can come up with an analogy or a parable, it, it does give a, a, a context to understanding these things. And uh, another reason that I had thought this was a very important thing to put on, on the show was that people have to learn not to ignore uh, something that's weird something that's out of the ordinary. It doesn't have to be a rug lifting up four inches off the floor or a bird no, coming out of a mist. But there are many things that happen in our lives that we cannot explain, so we forget them. We just write them off as, a, as something weird. When In fact, this was a message that should be paid attention to because this is, this is where we learn. This is where we get a, a bigger picture in our lives than we ordinarily carry around with us.
1: And we're getting them, all of us, we're getting them every day. We no. have guardians for every project that we're doing. If, if we acknowledge that, they will talk to us. Hmm.
0: Well, thank you, Janice, for sharing your uh, incredible Easter analogy with us. <laughs> uh, anyway, if listeners would like to hear the show again and try to figure it out for themselves or any of our more than 400 archived NDE interviews, please go to TalkZone's NDE Radio site and hit the Past Shows button, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, YouTube, and listen for free to the complete NDE library of archived programs from 2013 until today, yikes, including several shows, I might add, with Janice and don't forget beneath the Phoenix door, with Janice Phoenix door from Orphic House right on the cover. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. It's adventure theology for the imagination. I'm your host Lee Whitting, saying thanks for listening.